0: Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecai. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process.
1: awareness this is Allie here. And this is Kate. What's up everybody? Um, So today we're going to talk a little bit about adolescents and their body image and just all the changes that happen there. Um, It's a very popular topic that parents will bring up to us or even kids themselves. So one of the major concerns is just all the changes that happen. Weight gain, kids are growing, there's so many changes going on in their bodies and a lot of parents are wondering, like, what's normal to see? So during this time, you know, kids will gain weight. They're getting more muscle mass. They're growing. Their body compositions are just changing. They're becoming sexually mature. And all this stuff is normal, although parents seem to get a little bit concerned with this when they first see
0: it. All, you saying all this stuff is making me feel like I'm reliving my teenage trauma. (laughs) I'm like gaining weight, sexual maturation, going through hormonal changes. It is a rough time, but you're absolutely right. We have teens and kids come in and they're at all different stages of development. And whether the kid is coming in because mom or dad is concerned, they're noticing some changes and just want to make sure everything's okay. Or if they've noticed some signs of disordered eating and they're concerned about that. Or if it was the kiddo's idea, and they want to come in and talk about healthy eating. And I don't know about you, Allie, but I've seen so many different perspectives from teens. Sometimes I don't really know what to expect. Sometimes a teen will come in with a really healthy mindset. They're like, I just genuinely want to eat healthy. I want to feel better. I see this a lot of times with kids who play sports. Mm -hmm. They are really motivated from an athletic perspective or performance perspective. I have had a few kids who play weight-based sports, and sometimes that can get a little bit iffy, Mm -hmm. uh, but usually they're still mostly motivated by making weight and performance. And then I've had kids come in who are simply just going through puberty, especially the girls, and they're freaking out, they're gaining weight in a natural way. And it's almost like I have to have this, um, mother daughter talk with them of like, Hey, this is the natural progression. You're becoming a woman. And it feels really (laughs) awkward because I'm not a parent and you're not a parent. (laughs) I'll have to tell you this story real quick. One time I had this girl come in who had gone through puberty later. She was a senior in high school and she was so engrossed in studies all the time. She was constantly uh, in her books because she was on some accelerated track to medical school and her mom was caucasian and her daughter was half asian so maybe there was you know differences in body type there or understanding but as soon as her daughter started to gain weight her mom thought it was a concern she was like oh this is a problem she's not supposed to be shaped like this she's gained all this weight very quickly it's because she's binge eating or whatever it might be and really the girl is just going through delayed puberty And the mom was making her believe that she had something wrong with her. And that was a really awkward and terrible experience for everybody involved. But having that conversation of, oh, you're going through sexual maturation. You require more calories and energy and your body's going to look different. Let's talk about how to fuel and eat right so that you feel as comfortable as you can during this really traumatic time.
1: Right. And it's normal to see, you know, kids gain anywhere from 10 to 20 pounds, you know, a year during this time because their bodies are preparing uh, to be sexually mature. Yeah. And so it's normal to see that. And I think a lot of like the concerns if kids come in themselves is, They are comparing themselves to their peers. And because everything happens at different stages in life, you know, your friend might be gaining weight now, but you're not for a couple Mm -hmm. more years. And um, a lot of times with the guys, you know, some are growing and some aren't growing. And so this can lead to kids feeling inferior to their Mm -hmm. peers, that poor uh, body image and dissatisfaction and so that's something definitely for parents to look out for and look out for any dieting that starts Mm -hmm. to happen because they don't want to look different Mm -hmm. from their peers i had um, a girl i'm working with talk to me about when she was a teen she experienced this her body was changing she was comparing herself to her friends and she didn't know that she was dieting at the time, but all of a sudden she was watching what she was eating. She didn't want to eat as much. She didn't want to go out to eat with friends. She was always, you know, Mm -hmm. eating before or not eating at all and she just was, restricting herself but didn't really understand what she was doing and the complications that would lead to Mm -hmm. in adulthood. She just wanted to, you know, restrict herself, lose the weight. She was noticing, okay, my body's changing now. Now I look more like my peers. Um, And it wasn't until later in life that, you know, through therapy and stuff, she, she noticed that, hey, that was
0: a disordered eating pattern that she was experiencing. Yeah, that that's interesting. It's noticing that other people look different than you and you trying to pump the brakes on your growth and development. And the way you're doing that is depriving yourself of food. And, you know, what's interesting about when teenagers or when someone who's going through puberty begins to form disordered eating habits. That's the same time when their brains are extremely uh, neuroplastic, Mm -hmm. They, they have a high rate of neuroplasticity, meaning what they're doing and what they're absorbing and the habits that they're cultivating are becoming wired in their brain. So if somebody, if a 13 year old girl is worried about her body because she's going through puberty faster than her best friend and she's getting negative attention. Uh, whether that's from other boys in the class or other kids at school or from parents or herself or magazines then she might start to adopt some of these unhealthy behaviors that are way harder to break when she's 30 and trying to lose baby fat or whatever i'm not baby fat yeah baby fat pregnancy weight so it's very important that parents are on the lookout for early developmental eating disorder signs because That could really stick with someone forever.
1: Yeah. And it does. So the, you know, the individual that I'm working with has established these strong habits of, you know, she would refrain herself from Mm. eating at school. And Mm. so Mm -hmm. now we're, we're working to try and build up these habits of eating consistent meals throughout the day, which is so hard after years of this established behavior of restraining yourself, um, from eating for such a long period of time to try and build in that normal routine of eating normal spaced out meals after years of Mm -hmm. depriving yourself Mm -hmm. is is hard work to establish those new habits so like you said as a parent it's important to to look out for these things Mm -hmm. and to notice them which kind of brings us up to our next topic of how do we have these hard conversations with our kids so our kids are noticing these changes in their bodies how can we open up the conversation with them and let them know that this is normal that this is Mm. expected there's nothing wrong with you this is our bodies maturing as we get older but what what can we do as parents to support
0: them during this time you know, I'm not a parent myself, so I can't exactly speak to well, what would I do as a parent. But from working with teens and being a teen at one point who did have eating disorders and obsessions about body image, there's some things I see work really well, which is when the same gender parent celebrates all of the changes that are happening and paints them in the light of being the most fantastic, awesome, beautiful thing ever. And I say that as somebody who wishes that she had gotten that. You know, my mom didn't discelebrate anything, but it wasn't like talked about very much in my house it was something i kept hidden my insecurities my fears Um, having my first menstrual cycle was just sort of like oh okay like well here's how you use a tampon and good luck sister yeah so i i think as a parent having vulnerable conversations with your kid and being like hey you know what like this is what being a woman or a man means uh how are you feeling about it Uh, Tell me what your experience at school is and then finding a way to make it positive, make it fun, make them feel special, but also not alone.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love that, like celebrating the changes in their Mm -hmm. bodies and being positive and encouraging, Mm -hmm. you know, using words of affirmation and things like that. But like you said before, I think kids learn most From their parents and them role modeling good behavior. So, parents having positive self image, Mm. you know, talk and and talking positive about their bodies can really relate well with kids as they're going through this period of time. So, as, Mm. you know, mom's body is changing, maybe mom had a kid after you or whatever, you know, if she can talk positive about the changes in her body. Kids will absorb that and hopefully learn from that as well.
0: Oh, yeah, you're a mirror. Uh, you know, as a, I think motherhood's a great example. You know, if you're a mother to a daughter, you are the first example of what it means to be a woman to that girl. So if you as a woman are always talking about how you're too fat or your hips are too big or you wish you had perkier boobs or blah, 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 then your daughter is going to learn that to be a woman, she must criticize her body and tear herself down. Yeah, definitely.
1: And I think that having you know that, that positive reinforcement from a role model who is showing you the right things to do is going to go a really long way um so let's talk a little bit about what if your child or teenager is overweight and it's been brought up by the doctor there are some health implications happening here and this this does happen you know some of this is not you know what is to be expected during a certain time frame if they are you know Overweight or obese at a young age, you know, there are implications that go into adulthood if they continue down that path. So, what do you do next as a parent? How do you help your child that's overweight or obese, but be mindful of how you do it so that it doesn't cause any disordered eating? in the future and that's something really 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 hard and it's Mm -hmm. like a, it's a tight (laughs) tight rope you're walking on there and i think the best thing to do obviously is seek support from a dietitian that can help you and help guide those conversations but i think one of one of the best things is just to kind of open up the conversation and ask the The child, how they feel about mm. their bodies, so mm-hmm. I've had you know kids come in that tell their parents that they want to see a dietitian because they're not feeling well about their bodies, and so that's kind of best case scenario. Mm-hmm. The kid recognizes it they're not mm-hmm. feeling good about their bodies, and then we can kind of take it from there, but what if they aren't mm-hmm. you know recognizing that in their own bodies how How do we open up that conversation and get them to, you know, see someone like us? Or how do we open up that conversation with them?
0: You know, what's interesting to me is maybe this is just the lens from which I see it, but I don't see many kids these days who don't recognize that they may be overweight. But I do see different levels of motivation. You know, some kids are going to see it as like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. I don't like this. It's hard for me to play sports. I get tired really easy versus other kids that are like, my mom's making me come to this, like I'd rather not be here. So it's really evaluating the level of motivation. And I would say for this is having that conversation with your kids about how they feel about their body is a great way for you as a parent to recognize if there's something you might not even have noticed. You know, it's hard to talk about body image Ever in general to anyone, and talk about your own insecurities. But within your family, you might never have even thought to ask your kid, "Hey, what do you think of your body? How do you feel right now well, on a daily basis? What's your energy like? Uh, when you're playing with other kids, do you feel like you can keep up comfortably?" Or you know, and just asking open-ended questions because they're going to be a lot more self-aware uh, than you could even guess. You know, if you're not having these conversations, a lot of kids. Especially even younger kids are very self-aware it's rather surprising for me you know i'm always i'm always pleasantly surprised by how many kids just know things about themselves so just kind of doing some light non-judgmental detective work of how are you feeling what's going on what's on your mind and not interjecting a bunch of you should you have to no more this let's change that because that might be very intimidating for a kid, or it might make them want to rebel, Mm -hmm. especially with a teenager who just loves doing the opposite of what mom and dad does. So once you get a good idea of what your kid is thinking, if they are not motivated, then, well, there's a lot of different paths you could go on. I'm gonna use a case study here. Kid who's not motivated, mom is very concerned because her daughter's overweight, right? mom maybe sees this as a poor reflection on her. So that's never a good thing, right? If you're looking at your kid who is overweight and your ego is hurt because you're worried about what your friends and family are saying about your kid, when your kid isn't even that concerned, then you have to do a little bit of a a personal reality check there. But then you can start to monitor your kid's behaviors and create boundaries and restrictions about certain things that they're doing while also encouraging them in a non-judgmental, non-guilt driven way to make better decisions. I feel like I just said a whole lot of stuff there, there are,
1: no that think that that's great and definitely I, I love the part that you just kind of open up the conversation to them and take inventory on how they're mm-hmm. feeling about their bodies I like that idea of just kind of like these general boundaries mm-hmm. that you set up as a parent as well um, encouraging and adding more things um, rather than taking a bunch of stuff away yeah so I like
0: that you said that a lot have you ever seen that where a parent has tried to take I, I can think of a client specifically the parent was trying to take away all the sugar in the house no more going out to eat um but the kids are it was it was like a 15 or 16 year old and the st- girl was still getting her hands on things i mean she's a teenager her friends were eating these things she was at her friend's house she'd sneak them going in to school. yep and mom would make comments like you're snacking again you shouldn't eat these and the girl in confidence told me, she was like, I don't care what my mom says. Like, sometimes I just eat them just to get a rise out of her. And the mom was trying so hard to get her to change her habits that the girl was just like throwing up a, the bird and being like, no, I'm going to do what I want. And she would either eat in secret or just do it to piss her mom off. Right. So in that situation, we had to be like, okay, nothing's off limits here. Talking to the girl, what do you want out of your diet and health? And let's go from there. Right. And sometimes the hard truth is kids don't want to change.
1: Right. No, and they don't.
0: Yeah. And that's why I think
1: a lot of times adding to instead of taking away Mm -hmm. works well with kids. There's a kid that I'm working with that, you know, is working on losing some weight. And we really just talked about adding things to his diet. So when you're at school, you know, he told me he loves the apples at school. Well, when you're at lunch grab an apple and have it on your plate breakfast he likes the mini bagels or whatever i said okay well could you grab an orange or a banana with you too Mm -hmm. um and you know just little things like that just encouraging him to add the fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. that he does like instead of hey why don't you skip the cookie or why don't you put those mini bagels away let's add to the diet and reinforce the healthy habits that way instead of depriving of all the things that
0: they're surrounded by at school anyway i think that's the best strategy for kids teens and adults is having that abundance mindset of like oh look at all these amazing yummy healthy options that are available to you here's why I want you to try eating more of them. Here are the potential benefits you might experience, and let's talk about it. Let's make it an experience and not shame you for also being a human and enjoying sugar because you're a human and you're a kid and that's what happens sometimes. In fact, shaming someone into eating fruit instead of a mini bagel, for instance, probably would be planting a seed for disordered eating or body dysmorphia. So if a kid doesn't already have that, if your teenager isn't already struggling with that, back off, (laughs) I'll be honest, you know, do not even bring that up. Because if you start shaming someone about what they're doing, then they're going to be thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me. I have a problem. Mom or dad doesn't like this. I'm not good enough or whatever is going on. And, And then that could open up the floodgates for a plethora of disordered eating issues.
1: Yeah, most definitely.
0: What are signs that you see in teens and kids that they already have a disordered uh, approach to food?
1: A lot of times it's restricting the times that they eat Mm -hmm. and the quantity. Mm -hmm. Um, I have someone that I'm working with that's very restrictive of the times that they're eating. Also seeing that kids uh, claim that... They have safe foods and unsafe Mm -hmm. foods. Mm -hmm. That's a very common one that I'm seeing is these foods are safe. I can have all these foods and these foods aren't safe. And... How they make those deciding factors? Sometimes I'm not exactly sure <laughs> it's where so it random, came from. Yeah. yeah, but that's a big one. Is like these foods are safe and these ones aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a parent, if you're seeing your kids say, "Oh, you know, mm-hmm. I can have plenty of this, but I'm not having that," or you mm-hmm. know,
0: restricting themselves in that way, I see is very common. One of the big ones that I notice is that they'll start going vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian. They'll start eliminating huge food groups, specifically dairy and meat that comes up a lot. Maybe they saw an influencer or a celebrity do it. They just heard they could lose weight, or somebody who they saw with an ideal body type is eating that way, and it's a very sneaky way to reduce overall food intake and be able to sit out on meals without looking suspicious. Mm-hmm. So I can't eat family dinner because you guys made steak and cheesy potatoes, and I'm vegan. So I'm just going to have the small bowl of rice, right. you know. And so it's a very so that's something that I would monitor. Of course, there are going to be kids that decide to go vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, because they don't like the taste of foods or because of some humanitarian effort. And that's totally fine. As a parent, you have to look for clues. So if your kid has never cared about the animals before, they don't know anything about the effects on the environment of factory farming and all of a sudden they're like, I'm not eating. Okay, keep an eye out and, and you could recognize if there could be some underlying disordered patterns right and
1: I think you brought up a good point about like the celebrities and the Mm -hmm. influences there but we can also use that to our advantage Mm -hmm. in some ways as well which um, I've done before with uh, kids that, you know, they look up to LeBron James or whoever, you know, and they're drinking Gatorade all day. You know, we can talk about, oh, well, you know, when LeBron drinks Gatorade, he's using it to replenish. Electrolytes (laughs) when he's playing (laughs) basketball. I don't say electrolytes, but you know what I mean. So we can use that to our advantage sometimes because kids really look up to those role models. And so sometimes we can use that to our advantage another role model obviously the parents so as a parent if you can model good eating habits so Mm -hmm. if you're worried about your kids weight they can see you balancing your meals choosing healthier Mm -hmm. options you're having plenty of access to healthy foods and healthy foods that they like i'm very surprised sometimes by the kids and just like the fruits yeah. and vegetables that they like and I'm like mom have the collard greens in yes! like, I mean <laughs> seriously yeah. um that's so, so
0: true yeah it, it's, it's never just like oh yeah like you know apples are like Carrots. oh I like pomegranates and you're like oh cool okay yeah. let's eat more pomegranate yeah <gasps> so
1: as a parent that's you know so if you can have that stuff in the house that's obviously going to support
0: healthy healthy habits mm-hmm. for them as well I like how you brought up the LeBron James point with athletes, boys, and kids under 12. I'm like, yes, let's leverage some kind of athlete because that almost always works. Like, it's awesome. It's the teen girls where it's a problem because they'll see, like, Haley Bieber eating something or not eating something. She has some smoothie or something. (laughs) Lemon juice, water, all these things. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the smoothies and things. And you know, that's what they see all day long in green in their head. I mean, that always takes a lot of extra discussing and being really frank, like, hey, you know, Bieber is not showing everything she eats in a day. And you're a very different person than her. And your body's going to look different than hers, even if you eat the exact same diet. So let's just focus on eating things that make you feel good and move forward. But I mean, that, that takes a while sometimes, yeah. especially with girls who are in... Um, like dance and gymnastics those sports where their body image is a big part of what mm-hmm. they're doing that's always hard especially when they're all going at they're all growing at different rates
1: yeah definitely and everyone's needs are so different yeah. and so that comparison with their peers of what their peers are eating mm. makes it that much more difficult depending on a billion
0: different things yeah you know i thought of another warning sign two more warning signs i was thinking of a girl i had who was a dancer uh she was you know whatever the girls dance team at school was and had to wear outfits that revealed their midriff which to me i mean call me old-fashioned but i'm like what like i just can't imagine like you know my dad coming to my future daughter's jv dance team? I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just me. And anyway, she was just she's just bigger than all of her friends. And she wasn't unhealthy. She wasn't even overweight. She looked totally healthy. She was just bigger. And she kept talking about how she was bloated. She was always bloated. I'm bloated. I'm bloated in this outfit. My belly is showing in this outfit. I feel bloated. And when we got to the root of it, she wasn't bloated. Because what bloated means is having gas and pain and distension real digestive issues. What she was experiencing was a natural expansion of her stomach after eating and drinking food all day long and inhaling air. And so she, just because she was taller and a little bit bigger than her friends, had seen on TikTok all this talk about bloat. And bloat was a great way for her to tell her mom that she didn't feel comfortable without saying, I feel fat or I want to lose weight. I hear this all the time, even from adults, yeah. I'm bloated, I'm bloated, you're not bloated, you're not bloated, so let's just, you. there's a huge difference between bloat and having just a natural abs- expansion of the stomach, yeah. but it's a real sneaky way to hide an eating disorder, I'm not eating that because I'm bloated, I'm not eating because I feel bloated, I don't want to uh, have a snack before I go to school because I'm bloated if right. I eat. And parents, you know, they're like, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, no.
0: Yeah, I don't want you to, yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to feel bloated. And, right. It's There's different definitions between what we know and what some of the younger mm-hmm. kids know.
1: Yeah, and I like how you brought up that this individual was just taller mm-hmm. than her yeah. friends. I think. She had hips. Yeah, I think <laughs> that a lot of times I see with not even adults that I'm working with, those that were, when they were younger, they were Taller and Mm -hmm. therefore, like, bigger than their friends are a lot of times individuals that I see that struggle with body image and, like, eating disordered patterns when they're older Mm -hmm. because they didn't like being bigger or taller when they were younger, which I find just so interesting. But I was always on the shorter end, so I don't know, like, what that felt like. But now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God, that makes complete sense because when you're taller, you just feel like larger and bigger than everyone else so if your kid is on the taller end maybe pay special yeah. attention especially girls to how they're feeling
0: yeah tallest girl in class here and i remember it was celebrated until i was in sixth grade i can see myself it was your sixth or seventh grade i remember feeling cool for being like the tall girl because my crush in elementary school, I had classes with him several times. He was the tallest guy in school. And so like, <laughs> I was the second tallest one in the class. I remember thinking that was awesome because in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're going to get married. Yeah. But then there was this specific time in gym class when we were all getting measured. And I guess at this point, I had a different crush on a boy or something. And I was like the tallest girl in the school. I was 5'2 in sixth or seventh grade. And I felt awkward, I felt bad, and I must have just gotten the messaging by then that women are supposed to be small, you know, yeah. maybe there was, I remember like, a lot of my petite friends would have boyfriends and stuff, so I just started to like put it together of like, oh, like, I'm big, that's bad. And I definitely had disordered eating problems due to a plethora of things, but I always felt like the bat friend. When I look at pictures of myself in middle school, I was like a lean little string bean. I was just tall and went through puberty like relatively normal. But it's true, like kids will compare themselves and they'll come up with an answer to whatever pattern they're seeing. So if they see their skinnier, tinier friend have some kind of success in something, then they could make a conclusion that, oh, it's because I'm too big. I'm not good enough. I feel like that messaging is even more powerful than now than it was when I was in school. Oh yeah.
1: I don't think it was I don't even think it was really talked about or even thought about like back then. And I mean nutrition in itself was just oh my god. So di- I Ate mean
0: Pop-Tarts for breakfast, yeah. hot pockets for lunch. Yeah, just fruit snacks. <laughs> right,
1: fruit snacks. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so so different then but now we have so many resources available and um, hopefully if you guys are listening to this podcast and you have
0: kiddos, you can
1: learn from this and send them our way.
0: Yeah. So before we wrap up, let's leave everybody with just a few little tidbits about what foods kids should be eating more of and that we want them to be eating more of. Because, of course, we think fruits and vegetables, but I always encourage parents to really look at what your kids are eating, and are they really eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, or are they just having a banana in the morning, or are they just having like a piece of broccoli because it's on their dinner plate? So finding new ways to serve these fruits and vegetables is usually the best tactic.
1: Yeah, and even just like mixing them in with foods that they like, Mm -hmm. and always... Always pairing a new fruit or vegetable with things on their plate that they enjoy first. Um, But also I think a lot of parents are mistaken that they think like fruits aren't as good as vegetables for kids. I know. And um, it's okay if your kid likes more fruits than vegetables. (sighs) Yeah. It's still encouraged and you still get plenty of nutrients from fruits than you would with vegetables so it's I mean, not a big deal they can have you know what they enjoy most but i do encourage if you are going to introduce new ones you know put them on a plate with foods that they do like maybe mix them in with rice or pasta or in their
0: sauces mm-hmm. smoothies put cheese on it it's okay yes this is a hard one for maybe like diet moms is that what i'll call call some of us where we're so concerned about less calories healthier food blah 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 with kids it's, don't do that. So if the only way your child is going to eat broccoli is if it's in mac and cheese or covered in butter, go crazy, yeah. put butter on that. Just balance the rest of their plate. If you're gonna put butter all over their broccoli, they probably don't need you know, their roast swimming in gravy. Right, right. 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 You can balance it out. Just find ways to make kids excited to eat healthier things. Yeah. You know what I see kids under eating a lot is protein. Mm -hmm. They'll eat chicken nuggets and chicken tendies till the cows come home, but the rest of their day they're just eating refined carbohydrates. So finding other ways to serve their protein, even if it means dipping it in ketchup or giving them Greek yogurt to dip, you know, apples in or whatever it might be, that would be something I'd also pay attention to besides just fruits and veggies.
1: Yeah, definitely protein and their dairy for calcium mm-hmm. and vitamin D. So, like you said, Greek yogurt. Some kids don't like milk, so yogurt's totally fine for them to have. Cheese is another mm-hmm. great option for them. Um, obviously, some of our fruits and vegetables have calcium to them as well. But yeah, if they would re- prefer yogurt or cheese, that's
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't let, you know, one thing that's interesting, and I'm thinking of, I had um, a mom and her son come in a while ago and she was all concerned about dieting and she would serve her stuff really healthy food. This kid was 15. By now he could make decisions but she would say, oh he doesn't eat that, I have to buy special food for him, I have to create all these special meals. All the special meals were, were pancakes and chicken fingers and spaghetti, no that's not an excuse anymore. So she and I had to have a come to Jesus talk where we said, your son is becoming a man, right? He needs to eat actual food and he's just been eating all these foods because since he was six years old, you've been giving him an out. You've been letting him eat this way. So we had to come up with all these different ways to phase in new foods that he enjoyed And we had to find that angle. We used a sports angle, kind of like you had mentioned before. But he was under-eating protein, under-eating fruits, under-eating veggies, virtually no fiber in this kid's diet. So it was really hard at that point for her because she had spent all this time just giving him all the junk food that he needed. So we had to get really creative. So we knew he liked buttered noodles. Okay, but now buttered noodles had to come with grilled chicken. He loved ketchup, even though she would never in a million years put ketchup on her grilled chicken. Ketchup was going on, this grilled chicken, (laughs) to get him to eat it. Yeah. So it was a lot of compromising what she thought was healthy just to get him to eat more healthy foods. It just, you know, in her mind, she was like, well, I'm just going to make him all this crap because he doesn't eat healthy. If I serve him something healthy, it has to just be plain Jane, clean eating. Yeah. Does that make, does that and make that sense? Makes sense? Her perspective and I think was that lot, all or nothing.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of parents get frustrated because they just want their kid to eat. They yeah. just want them to eat so bad and they get so nervous when they're mm-hmm. not eating. And so... I see that a lot as a, well, my kid will just eat chicken nuggets or they just eat this. And so it's just that reinforcement of introducing new foods. And I see um, a lot of success when parents will, like, let the kids go to the store with them. You can pick out one new fruit or vegetable for us to try at dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, pick out your favorite this or that. Um, Get them involved in cooking, too. I find that if kids can touch it and play with it and be a part of it, they're more inclined to try it than if mom just pops it on their plate.
0: Same with teens. You know, we talk about this with kids, but teens are the same way. I mean, I know your adolescent might be kind of snotty or hormonal and they've got other things to do, but having them go grocery shopping with you and menu plan with you is really effective. So if you're creating a menu and you're sitting down with your teenager Susie and you're saying hey Susie as a family we're all going to be eating more vegetables you know it makes us feel good you've mentioned this before I've picked out five recipes here that are vegetable dense which three are your, t- your top five three which ones would you eat okay boom you could get them involved as well and then if they're involved in the decision making process if they have some autonomy then the chances of them actually trying that new food or new recipe increase if they give you grief about it if they say oh I'm not going to eat that that's gross Say, well, these are the options. You either eat this or fend for yourself, <laughs> and then and then we'll see what happens. I know that's hard, but you're the parent, and you get to decide what's being served.
1: Yeah, and I think that you bring up a good point with the teens because they love the independence, and yeah. they love having a say with things because they look for that independence mm-hmm. at that age. They want to be in charge yeah. of of what, and they should have some sort of you know say and what they're yeah. what they're going to eat at that age. So I think it's a good idea to get them involved in the process as well.
0: Yeah. Well, we've talked about a lot of different things here. We kind of ping pong between kids and teens, but really there are a lot of overlapping similarities. You know, what the techniques that we would use with an 8-year-old who's picky wouldn't be too far off with which we'd use with a 16-year-old boy who just eats a bunch of carbohydrates and sugar. Watching out for those signs of disordered eating is paramount. And like you said early, Ali, if you suspect that something's going on, start to ask open ended questions. The best perspective to have as a parent is that of a detective. Don't make accusations. Don't should them. Don't start trying to change things behind their back. Just say, hey, I've noticed that you're skipping lunch. What's going on? How are you feeling? Why is that? Are there other things that you would want to eat? If you notice that your kid is skipping meals and then eating a ton of food at night, that's also a huge sign of disordered eating, so gently bring up that you've noticed a pattern that you you don't want your kid to feel like they can't come to you about these kinds of things. I mean, as somebody who went through disordered eating as a teenager, I can't encourage you enough, the, the sooner you can talk about it and make it a comfortable space to talk about food and body image the better off your kid's going to be. I mean, they'll be eternally grateful whether they recognize it or not.
1: Right. And we talked about, you know, just the changes in, in kids' bodies and adolescents and teens and just being aware of that. Mm-hmm. Be aware of your kid's the taller one. Maybe your son's the one putting on weight first. Just be mindful of that and open up those those conversations with them, let them know that body changes during this time are normal. Um, and if, you know, your your kid is experiencing excessive waking, and you do have concerns, you're more than welcome to bring them in. And we're happy to open up some of those conversations as well and get them choosing some healthier foods.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Allie and Janalis, our other dietitian, uh, you guys, the ones that see our 18 and under kiddos mm-hmm. uh, so if you go onto our website orlandodietician.com, you can schedule an appointment for your kid your teen uh, you know, Alice sees Spanish speaking and Ali sees English speaking if you have a kiddo who's not totally excited to come on in I would encourage you to talk to them first kids who are at least halfway interested in being here are going to be way more successful don't try to push somebody in here if they're not ready. It may just be uh, a dead end for both of you guys. And it, it's not very helpful. I mean, at least right. I, I see that with adults too. You know, a wife will make her husband come in. He doesn't want to be here. I'm like, what are we doing? Right. So have these conversations. Make sure that your kid is super into it. And if you have questions, you can reach out to us. Uh, go to nutritionawareness.com and you can find all of our contact info. Shoot Allie and or I, an email and we'll be here for you guys.
1: Yep. Well, we look forward to hearing from you guys and send us a message if you have any questions. All right. Thanks, guys.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website www.orlandodietitian.com Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.